In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Sunday of the blessed month of Epip, and the Gospel is from Luke chapter 10. And the theme of this Coptic month is how the Lord supports the service of the Apostles. And I feel the Gospel of today has many great lessons, has many great lessons for the servants. And... Some people might say, well, I'm not a servant in the church, so this topic is irrelevant for me. But actually, everyone in the church must be a servant of the church. Everyone who is in the church must be a servant of the church. Because by serving my church, I am serving the, the Lord. And if we are not serving the Lord or His church, I wonder what exactly... Or who exactly are we serving? Our Lord said, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and serve money. You cannot. So everybody is serving something. Who are you serving? Each person should ask themselves, who is my master? And if my master is the Lord, if the Lord is my master, then how am I serving the master? One fear that I have these days is that too many people, they have like no role in the church. And every person here in this church has to be an owner of this church, is an owner of this church. And I feel maybe we've been here for years, but we still act like visitors to the church. No, this is your church. You're not a visitor, you are an owner. And even, even deeper than this is that the fact is that the church is the body of Christ. So if someone has no role in the body of Christ, or if, no one, if someone has no role in the church, that means they have no role in the body of Christ. And is that, is that possible? That someone would have no role in the body of Christ? I, I don't think so. And it, the, the bad thing is, some people insist that they are not servants in the church. And this statement, that is like self-incriminating. It's self-incriminating. Yani, and I don't know why we say yani, dumb things like this. Because when you say things like this, you are witnessing against yourself. It's like I am condemn condemning myself. Because it's a biblical command to, to serve one another. So if you say I don't serve, then you are condemning yourself. It's not possible for someone not to have a role in the body. Every member has a role, and every member of the body serves a function. So I wish everyone today to think about their function in the church, their role in the body of Christ, to think about their service, whatever that means to you. And if you need help or guidance, Yanni, we should talk after the liturgy. But the gospel of today is for the servants, is for the servants. And the gospel of today, I found five lessons that each person should consider in their service. That each person, like five things each servant needs to consider in their service. The first lesson is that the service servants must pray for the service. 
The servants must pray for the service. The gospel begins with the Lord sending out 72 by 2, and the first thing that the Lord told them was, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. So the service must begin with, with prayer. I came across a beautiful quote that said, There are many virtues that are required of a good Christian. But above all else, he must pray, for nothing can be achieved without prayer. Otherwise, he cannot find his way to God. He cannot grasp the truth. He cannot crucify the flesh with all its passions and desires. He cannot find the light of Christ in his heart and be united to our Lord. So frequent prayer must precede all these things before they can be brought about. One interesting thing is I was looking at a survey. It was a secular survey that was done in the news about why people come to church. And the the results were fascinating. Actually, not fascinating, sad. That most people, like, on the list was, we come to church to worship God. Another one was, like, spiritual. But those were, like, bottom of the list. So I, I wonder, like, why we come to, like, why do we come to church? This was like a, a survey. You can go find the study. Why do people go to church? A lot of it was because my parents told me to, a tradition, I feel good about myself when I go, conscience, all this stuff. That's okay. That's, but then prayer. Prayer does, has to be the beginning. Has to be, like, the source of the servant. One fear, or one, like, observation that I have is that I think we've reduced prayer to attendance of liturgy. So, we've reduced prayer to, and I'll just go to, liturgy. And then, what's even worse, and I'm the first one guilty of this, is we can attend liturgy, and we do not pray in the liturgy. So I think we need to be, like, recall to mind the early church. Everything they did, they did it by... Prayer. They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. I think we need to make a vow to be better at prayer. To be better at prayer in the liturgy and outside of the liturgy. To be better at the Agbeya. To be better at praying the Psalms. And no matter how busy the day is, there is time to, to pray. And we can set reminders, we can set alarms, we can pray. Imagine every hour, every hour has 60 minutes. What if you took one minute of that 60 minutes and said, I'm going to pray for the one minute in the 60 minutes? I think then if we did this, we would see God's blessing in our lives. We would see His mighty hand in the service. I read something else that was very nice. It says, when you rely on organization, you can get what organization can do. When you rely on education, you can get the results of your education. When you rely on eloquence, you will get what eloquence can do. But when you rely on prayer, you will get what God can do. You will get what God can do. And I think we see the truth of this quote in the life of the saints. And like, for example, like Pope Carlos, he opened the gates of heaven for everyone to see God's power by prayer, by prayer. And it also reminded me of the promise that God made to King Solomon when King Solomon was consecrating the temple. 
The Lord appeared to King Solomon and told him, Whenever I hold back rain or send locusts to eat up the crops or send an epidemic or a pandemic on the people, if they pray to me and repent and turn away from the evil that they are, have been doing, I will hear them in heaven. I will forgive their sins. I will make their land prosperous again. I will watch over this temple and be ready to hear all the prayers that are offered there. So prayer is mighty and the Lord is ready to hear and answer our prayers provided we're able to repent and turn away from evil. The first lesson for the servant is... Prayer. The second lesson for the servant is that the servant must be focused. Must be focused. The servant must be aware of the distractions that stall the mission. And that's why our Lord, He told the apostles in the gospel, He said, carry neither money, bag, knapsack, sandals, and greet no one along the road. The Lord gave them this command. Because he wanted the, the, the apostles to rely on divine providence and not their own like planning. He didn't want them to be distracted by their possessions. And our Lord said in another place, he said, No one having his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for... Fit for the kingdom. And if you realize this, like our possessions, they limit our service. They distract us. And we become bound to them. And then we become even. We become bound to our possessions. And then we become bound to the jobs that provide those possessions. And then we just become massive consumers. And then the mission of the church dies. And then, in a way, we become like Martha. We become like Martha, who Christ is present in her house, and yet she is so distracted by many other things. Well, Fallon, I feel that we are no better. We are like Martha. Yani, and I saw, they're all sitting on their phones, distracted, even distracted in the presence. And this is a terrible thing. Yani, even when we're at the last retreat, and I noticed every time Abuna started to give a talk, first thing, everyone pulls out the phone and gone, like in a different world. And what's worse about distraction is that we are so distracted that we don't even realize we're distracted. <laughs> and then we, we just say, well, we weren't distracted. We were, we were here. No, on your Instagram story or you were doing something else. And, and, and we, that's why the Lord, He said, you have to be focused. The servant has to be focused. One of the disciples of St. Anthony the Great... His name's Ava Cronius. He had a beautiful story. He said, when Elisha came to the Shunammite woman, he did not find her busy with anyone else. So she conceived and bore a child through the coming of Elisha. And then the brother said to Ava Cronius, what does this man? He said, the old man said, if the soul is vigilant and withdraws from all distraction and abandons his own will, then the Spirit of God invades it and it, can, and it can conceive because it is free to do so. You see what I'm saying? Because the Shunammite woman was free from distraction, because she was able to offer hospitality, then she was able to bear a son. And 
the Alva Cronius says, if you are free from distraction, then you can bear the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And that's why the Lord told the apostles, greet no one along the road. When the son of the Shunammite woman died, Elisha told his servant Gehazi, told him a similar command. He said, if you meet anyone on the road, give no greeting. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Why did he, he say this? The reason, the reason is because Elisha sent Gehazi on a very urgent and important mission. And anyone who takes away from this mission is a distraction. And so he wanted his servant to be focused on the mission. Yani, I love Egypt. But one thing I don't love about Egypt is Mafish Hagas Maha urgency in Egypt. Khalis. And even when like and I go to take retreat in the monastery, if you meet anyone in the monastery and they tell you, Ishab Kubayat Shay, Kubayat Shayda takes and I three hours said detni, three hours a shantishrabu kubayat shay. And so and I made a I learned a lesson after a few days of shrubbing shay for six hours. What I said this Yani is I will not meet anyone or greet anyone on the way. And I wamshi. Because this distracts from the mission. So think about what is distracting and what is distracting us from the mission. The servant has to be focused. That's number two. Number three, the job of the servant has to be an ambassador of Christ. And in the gospel, our Lord commanded the disciples, He said, whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. The servants of God are supposed to be ministers of peace. The servants of God, they bring peace. They give peace. The servants of God, they live in peace. The servants of God are Peacemakers, the servants of God, they give birth to sons of peace. That's why our Lord said, if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. The servants of God must be peaceful people. The servants of God must be problem solvers. Problem solvers. They solve people's problems. They don't cause people's problems. The Lord, He told the apostles, He said, heal the sick there. And He said to them, say the kingdom of God has come near to you. The servants of God, they provide healing. They provide comfort. They don't provide problems. They don't provide division. They come to bring healing, not cursing. The servants of God, they provide a message of joy, message of comfort, message of reconciliation with God, come back to God, return to God. The servants of God encourage people in their spiritual lives to grow, to forgive, to be more loving. The problem with Yani, like the problem with the people that stand on the street corners and they preach. I don't know what gospel they're preaching because the gospel manaha good news. So when I see someone saying into you're gonna burn in the hellfire, you're doing no 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 burn 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 no da da I don't see good news. Final good news for that into you're gonna burn in hell. Ida. Final good news. The servants of God deliver 
the good news. They deliver the good news of the Savior. And they are, the servants are the ambassadors of Christ. So whatever the servants of Christ say, it's as if Christ is saying it. That's why our Lord in the Gospel, He said, He who hears you, hears, hears me. So if each servant is speaking Christ, or is Christ speaking, I wonder how the church would be very different. Each person, each person should ask themselves, am I a representative of Christ? Am I speaking the words of Christ? Am I bearing the image of Christ in my daily life? Number four, the servant should not be discouraged in their service. Will there be problems in the service? Will there be problems? Absolutely. In the service, there will be people who reject you. There will be failure. There will be a lot of problems, but do not let these things hinder you. We have an idea that service is going to be like a fairy tale. But what does the Lord say? He says, I'm going to send you as lambs among the wolves. They don't cause problems for the lambs. You think the wolves there, they just are sitting there, high lamb? No, the lambs, the wolves, they eat the lambs. And so you as servants, be prepared for the, be prepared for the wolves to eat you. But we don't have to be scared for the wolves. You know why we're not scared of wolves? Because we have a good shepherd. With good shepherd, Andu big stick. And the big stick da beats the wolves. And doesn't, so then the servants of God, they don't have to be scared of the wolves. And when the wolves become ferocious or whatever, then you should run back to the run back to the shepherd. And that's why I feel many people they get burned out in the service. Why? Because maybe they've went too far away from the shepherd and the wolves Aklo. Don. But if you are up to the shepherd, then you'll feel the safekeeping of the shepherd encouraged. You'll feel the, the, the peace of, of the shepherd. That's why I wonder, like the Catholic epistle, it said, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you be grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yani, the service da fiha mashakir, fiha a lot of things, but do not let these things hinder you from your service. The last thing for the servant is that they should stay humble. They should stay humble. Because the apostles, they came back and they, hey, the devils were even subject to us. And the Lord told them, Rejoice not in this, but rejoice that your names are written in the kingdom. Be careful that in all the service, that pride gets the best of us, and then we fall into this great, great pit of pride. So we, the servant has to stay humble. We talked about five things the servant must remember. Number one, the servant must pray for the service. Number two, the servant must be focused. Like a laser. Mission. What's my mission on this earth? Number three. To be... Be Christ-like. To be an ambassador of Christ. Number four. Not to be... Discouraged in the service. And number five. To... Stay humble. May God give us this grace and to, to do all of these things. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.
ਸੂ